From VinePair's New York City headquarters, this is End of Day Drinks, where we sit down with the movers and shakers in the beverage industry. So pour yourself a glass and listen along with us. Let's start the show. On today's episode of End of Day Drinks, we're talking to Dan Aykroyd, comedian, blues brother, ghostbuster, and alcohol purveyor. We're going to chat with Dan about how he came to the alcohol business through wine, why he initially thought he would make a tequila, not an award-winning vodka, and the reason he chose to package his vodka in a bottle in the shape of a skull. Finally, Dan's going to share his favorite cities to drink in around the world. And hot take, he doesn't think New York is all that great. Let's start the show. Hey everybody, this is Tim McCurdy, staff writer at VinePair, and welcome to the EOD Drinks podcast. Joining us for today's episode, we have an award-winning actor, producer, comedian, and owner of Crystal Head Vodka, among other boozy ventures. Dan Aykroyd, welcome to the show. Oh, good to, good to be on. Good to be with your listeners and with all of you today. Thanks so much for joining us. And as always, I'm pleased to be joined by some colleagues from the editorial team at VinePair. Today we have Joanna Sherino, Kat Wilinski, Katie Brown, and Keith Beavers. Hey, everybody. Hello. Wow, what a panel. You got I the wonder what you have in, today, what you, I wonder what I wonder what you have in front of you right there. I've <laughs> I've got a mini head going. Oh, nice. Nice to hear it. Nice. Never too early. But I just love that uh that your 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 thing is to just make uh you know make uh learning about beverage alcohol and brands and exciting new breakthrough things for the consumer, you make it accessible. Uh, I was uh, in the wine business for a while, and I, I got into it uh, through Niagara, mm-hmm. and that was 12 years ago, and the, the grapes were very young, the Niagara grapes, but now they're, now they're approaching those 60, 70 years old, and there are some really credible Niagara Reds coming out of that region, Wow, um, not as fruity as when I was in, in, into it. People come to me and they say, you know, uh, what, you know, I, I'm going out to a restaurant. I, I want to order a red wine. Well, I say anything that's got a saint in it, mm-hmm. Saint Saint Julien, you know, uh, and uh, anything that has an X, a Bordeaux, Margot, and you can't go wrong, you know. To, as, and and even you know, so what? This the years, you know, we see these years being slagged all the time. You know, all the, this this year was bad. That year is bad. I I don't know, man. I mean, I. I think that uh, you can drink a Bordeaux right now, you know, t- that's that's not even 10 years old, uh, you know, uh, from like Brand Cantonac, that Margot, or, or, or one of these, uh, one of these great red wines uh, from France. If you, if you let them go too long, they get bad, a lot of them. So hey. I, 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 dr- I drink them, I, I drink them, you know, if they're eight, nine, 10 years old, I don't save them anymore. I, I, I drink the, the, the nice reds coming out of, uh, of France and then Washington State, wow, and Oregon. What what are the Walla Walla uh, Reds, the the Cabernets? Oh, some great wine up there. Uh, yeah, some great wine up there, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's it, it's it's exciting, you know. And I just, we just I just kind of learn as learn as I go, and whatever my my taste I had, whatever palate I had left after years of whatever consuming <laughs> all substances. Uh, I just trust it to, uh, you know, when I, when I go, I order a Walla Walla, a Columbia Valley wine, and I'm always pleased. And the prices are good on those as in, in restaurants. Well, if, very if restu- if restaurants will continue to exist. Very, very happy to be able to share your drinking advice or, or red wine buying advice with our listeners, Dan, anything with a saint or an X that definitely beats the uh, second on the list. 
uh, you know, there's uh, there's all kinds of incredible restaurants and vintners in the world now that are in uh, in partnership. I I love uh, uh, Diamond Creek uh, out of California. Uh, Al Bronstein was the founder. His wife uh, Boots, I think she took it over if she's still with us, and his kids. Very limited uh, uh, production. I'm sure you've heard of mm-hmm. uh, of it. Uh, um, and uh, so, Keith, you you're the wine guy. <laughs> Right, Keith is the wine guy. Well, you've heard of Diamond Creek. Sorry, I was on mute there. Uh, yes, and I love that you're talking about the Niagara. Oh my gosh, the Pinot Noir coming out of there is incredible. It's an amazing place. It was a little, it was a little spotty when I was uh, starting out, you know. But I did it because I wanted to help Ontario's industry, and I wanted to lend my name to Ontario's industry. And uh, the distributor that I brought Patron into Canada for. Uh, uh, was uh, was a, a, a wine company, so I said, "Well, let's let's swing and and try to do some neat wines." And we really did for a while. Now I've let that lapse uh, because they're on to focusing on other things. I'd like to, to revive it, um, and I know exactly the type of wine I would like to put a label on, Mister. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Deloach Vineyards. Uh, they built me an American wine that was oh. wonderful. Add Grenache in it, peppery flavors, and whoa, just oh, 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 just you know, really. <laughs> Fine. Um, and of course, that's uh, Jean-Charles Boisset, who wow. many of you have met. And uh, he, uh, he, he and I partnered. And uh, I guess the agency wasn't right. There weren't enough salespeople out there to get it going. But wow, we put up some quality uh, white Chardonnay and a, and a beautiful uh, uh, Cabernet there from, from Deloach. Uh, and of course, Jean-Charles, go ahead. Spicy Grenache, you're talking to my heart right now. <laughs> oh, I know. It's, and then, you know, with a burger or what I see. What about I, what what's that? Forget about it with a burger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. with a burger or chicken or like, I order burger wine guy. I order the wine first, and then I complement the wine with the food. Now people may have it the other way. Sometimes you order the food. Oh, what, what what wine would go good? I I I say what food would go good with this wine? And that's how I started. And I and many uh, who, uh, who who can drink moderately and enjoy wine as was we all do do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but More the gravelly so. meadow. Uh, What's that? I was going to say more sound uh, wine buying advice there from from Dan Aykroyd again for the pod. Um, and you, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say these these are all things that I I I'd love to get into, especially the wine side. Uh, I wonder if I can take us on a quick detour before that, though, Dan. So you know, um, I, I I was really hoping we could start out um, just by by looking at Crystal Head, and you know, you launched Crystal Head over a decade ago now. And that's kind of like a time when very few of your Hollywood colleagues were were getting into the booze industry. Um, and you also went down the vodka road instead of tequila. But you earlier you alluded to the fact that, you know, you have some kind of business interest with with Patron as well or with tequila. So I'd love to hear about that and how you really, yeah, got your start in in, in booze kind of alongside Hollywood. Sure. Well, you know, it just comes from a very simple a simple uh, musing on a on a on a on a, a, a an afternoon in the summer uh, in August down at the dock by the lake. You know, uh, Canadians love their cottages, and so mm-hmm. down at the dock by the lake, I'm looking at the two dominant brands of tequila sold in Canada at that time, and looking at my margarita jar and and looking at my mix and going, oh boy, I wish I had one, you know, a, a little something better to to work mm-hmm. with. And so uh, 
I recall the time in LA with JP DeJoria, the great uh, entrepreneur who founded Paul Mitchell Hair Systems and also uh, the Patron Tequila Company. And we were drinking at the House of Blues. He was one of our first investors. And mm-hmm. and he uh, he said, would you like to try this Patron Tequila? And I said, well, I don't really have a too much of a good record with tequila, really. You know, it's the Technicolor Mule in the back of uh, a yard in Tijuana. That's a, that, that's my association with it at that time. <laughs> and he said, no, no, this is different. This is this is a sipping tequila. It's magnificent. And he poured me a warm shot of the Patron Silver. I sniffed it. I thought, whoa, earth, mm, nice. And then I sipped it, and it was it was revelation uh, to me. Uh, mm-hmm. Tequila, as I'd never seen it before, a premium tequila. I never knew living in Canada that such a thing was possible. We only had two brands to work with. Mm-hmm. So what I did was uh, recall on that summer's day, wow, what if I could get Patron up in Canada to make a better margarita here for this party on the dock? Mm-hmm. So the next time I saw JP, I said, you know, I really would like to bring a Patron into my little government village, the little village government liquor store up here. Uh, how can I do it? He said, well, Dan, you'd have to bring it to the whole country. I said, well, let's mm-hmm. do it. And he said, let's do it. So in partnership, JP and I and David Brown, uh, and another ex-mailman, I was a mailman, he was a mailman. We brought Patron to Canada 12 some years ago. It is mm-hmm. now one of the dominant luxury brands in the country. Uh, Canadians can now enjoy what Americans did all, all along with fine tequila. And uh, we made it a great success right up to the point where Bacardi did buy it. And I'm no longer involved in it, but I'll always be a friend to Patron because of its quality and mm-hmm. just that silver, that smoky, lovely flavor. So that's really how I, I got into it was mm-hmm. just wanting something better. And yeah. that, led, that, led, that led me to research, maybe exploring, um, improving another uh, category. And that was the vodka category. I opened a lot of vodkas. And mm-hmm. I could, and they smelt like Chanel Number no. Ten, or they didn't have a taste or a flavor, or they, uh, or they, they were harsh, uh, or they had an over viscosity. And I thought, what's going on here? Why, why, why can't we get a, you know, a, an old fashioned, you know, pure, clean water vodka? So well, I come to find out, as as you know, that a lot of uh, glycerol is added. Glycerol is added to a lot of alcoholic products, but not enough to hurt you or kill you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a lemonine is added to vodka to disguise the alcohol smell and taste to mask it. Uh, and uh, then uh, they added they add sugar to a lot of uh, the brands, you know. And I thought, well, what if we eliminated all of these fusel oils? That's, as you know, the industry name for these additives, uh, if German fusel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, we eliminated the glycerol in the Crystal Head corn mash. We eliminated the lemonine in the crystal head corn mash and we eliminated the sugar in the crystal head corn mash you don't need any more sugar mm-hmm. when you've got ethyl alcohol corn c2h506 sugars you don't need any more sugar and lemonine it, it has a cousin as a caustic cleanser you know you could take pure lemonine and cut through mechanics grease with it and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. and then glycerol is a cousin to ethylene glycol which which is what powered the uh which cooled the spitfires in world war ii you know i mean it's antifreeze so i thought they don't put enough to kill you. They, they do it. It's been done for years. It's industry standard. Let's change the industry. Let's come up with a pure spirit. Let's not add, put the additives in. Let's let's mm-hmm. not add these things. And you know what? Right out of the gate, the tastes were great. We went to where the purest water source in the in the in North America is in Newfoundland, Canada, and we sourced the uh, the water there because it's the original water from the aquifer of the Wisconsin glacier. 
Oh, wow. that, sat, that sat above us, 800 feet above us, 16,000 years ago. There was ice all over this part of the world, and that just melted into the porous rock of the province of Newfoundland. It sits 900 feet above the ocean, away from the eerie plume of pollution. That water's never been touched by acid rain. It sits in an aquifer in these lakes underneath uh, the province of Newfoundland, and there's a, a still right above it, and it's owned by the provincial government. So mm-hmm. not only does Crystal Head have no additives in it, it has the purest water in the world right from the aquifer that was originally uh, that was the ice over our, our planet at that time in that region. It's also manufactured by the province of Newfoundland and Labrador Liquor Distillery Corporation. So it's a government manufacturer. As you know, a lot of Baltic or mm-hmm. I would say Balkan vodkas, you know, you go into those stills. Well, <laughs> it's a little rough. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, but the, the government uh, manufacturer guarantees us a, a policing of quality that's quite outstanding. Today, mm-hmm. uh, Crystal Head has won numerous awards for taste, um, and our vodkas uh, are in about 80 countries. And I'm proud to go around the world and say it's a Canadian product <laughs> uh, from a country that is tolerant. We have our pride bottle. We celebrate uh, the LGBTQ2S yeah. community uh, frequently. Uh, you know, we had uh, same gender preference marriage uh, long ago in Canada, a decade more or more or much more than that, 15 some years. And so we are a, a Canadian company and we espouse Canadian values, uh, quality and uh, dependability uh, for the consumer. Uh, the best water, the best manufacturer, the, the corn comes from uh, Chatham, Ontario, from same system corn farming. Now, no one in the world works as hard as I do to make this vodka. We, <laughs> we, we go, we grab the corn, we take it, the same system farming system corn, the peaches and cream corn, the big fat kernels there. We harvest them, they go in to the mash truck, the, the truck then drives uh, across about, I would say, a fifth of the way across Canada to a nine-hour ferry ride to Newfoundland where we mix it there with the water in the distillery, and then it goes out into containers into the into the world from there. So we're going to great trouble uh, to make make it. And I'm glad that you, you also go to, to some length there to share the process with us. Um, you know, you mentioned also accolades. Crystal Head is a vodka that we've long enjoyed at Vine Pair. You can check it in the reviews, in the roundups, mm. you know. And yes, one aware. of the things that I... That I, that I always say to people as well is that you know you have this amazing looking bottle but don't look past what's inside it as well and i say that not just because you're on the show but yeah can you also tell us about the bottle because obviously that is very striking and and definitely kind of sets you apart on the on the liquor shelf well it does and of course uh being that we wanted to have a business that sustains we had to put a quality fluid in it and one which people enjoy and get and do look past the bottle and then drink it. And many bottles are still around the world in collections. I have 200 of them in my barn here in Canada because of the parties I've had over the years. I don't throw anyone of them away. We wanted to sell the idea of enlightened drinking, that you can have a drink that doesn't have the additives. Very popular with bar chefs, Crystal Head is, because it's the virgin slate. It's the blank canvas in which to uh, to make uh, to, to do mixes. As you know, you guys are mixologists and uh, and you know bar chefs and and you know how what stuff's going into vodka so here we we've got a one that uh, that is high quality that you can has no additives that's pure and we wanted to sell the idea and sort of the myth mythos if you would of of purity you know the 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 true mythos of purity the 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 myth of the crystal heads the the we we wanted to utilize that myth of the crystal heads because they were enlightening the tribes that owned them, the tribal bands that owned them, the 
Anasazi, the Zuma, the uh, uh, Navajo, the uh, the Aztec, the Mayans all purportedly had these uh, star children's heads or crystal balls or heads that were used as as scrying devices. And so there was a positive aspect and a positive myth and a, a myth of purity and power to these heads owned by these various Aboriginal indigenous tribal bands around the planet in legend anyway. And I thought, well, this is the perfect vessel to put our stripped down, zero additive, pure fluid in. Let's take the myth on the mythos of purity and, and put it into the bottle and that you have, and you've got an award-winning fluid with no junk in it, you know? Wow. That's and, and the, the other crystal heads, you know, there's, you saw the movie, uh, Indiana Jones and, and, uh, they were ascribed to extraterrestrial origin. Oh. Uh, uh, you know, they, uh, they're supposed to, the, the Navajo said that they're from the star children. And so in the movie, they certainly, uh, take advantage of that, uh, myth of the, of the heads being from another planet. Uh, but there, uh, there were, uh, 13 of them in the world that were known, uh, and, uh, five of uh, eight are in the hands of mankind and five are missing. Uh, Three of them are in museums, one at the V&A in London and one uh, and two in uh, the Smithsonian. Um, one was found in the Yucatan. That's the most popular and famous one, the Mitchell Hedges skull. Anna Mitchell Hedges was the granddaughter of an explorer, and they were in, uh, in the Central America, and they found this head wrapped in an oilcloth. She reached into a cave, uh, and a hole in a cave, and found it. It had a detachable jaw. It was beautiful. It had so-called healing powers. People who would see it where it lived up here in Ontario for a while, they, the, the, the velvet cape would come off it, and you'd get an immediate feeling of, of, of well-being and warmth in the belly by just looking at it. It was very beautiful to look at. You can get pictures of it, the Mitchell Hedges skull. Uh, your your uh, People can uh, look at, at on your search engines and, and dig up a, a picture of it. And it sat here in Ontario for a long time, and... Um, then there was uh, a woman in New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico City has one with a with a cross stuck right on the top of it. Uh, and um, so, were they ancient or were they, uh, you know, were they made by man? It, they're most beautiful to look at, and and for my purposes, uh, it it was the perfect sales legend to to sell our 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 quality story by tying into the mythos of, of purity that the uh, that the skulls had in legend. So it worked well for us. Dan, this is Kat. Um, speaking hi. about the hi about the the myth or the mythos of purity in alcohol, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the better for you, uh, like better for you beer, spirits, wine, like all of these these brands that are that are marketing themselves as as better for you or healthy or low calorie, you know. Well, uh, you know, organic. I think organic is a movement that is not doing too much harm to the consumer. I think we're an organic product can, can rightly say, Hey, we are organic. The consumer, it's up to the consumer to be discriminating mm -hmm. and to decide whether something is better for them or not. Uh, certainly, uh, is it better to have a drink that has a hundred calories? If you're, if you're discriminatory in that way with crystal head, we have 65 calories. Hmm. We don't say we're better for your health <laughs> in our, in our marketing, but, uh, <laughs> I think that we uh, that you have to trust the consumer to believe stories or not. Certainly, we say we're pure, and and you can run our product on a spectrograph; it will run completely flat. There are no impurities in it because of our filtration mm -hmm. system. So, if you want a vodka that doesn't have 
you know, a cousin to antifreeze in it, it doesn't have uh, a cousin to, lem- uh, you know, caustic cleanser, then maybe that is better uh, for you to have a vodka like Crystal Head that doesn't have that stuff in it. Certainly bar chefs, as I said, love it. Look at all the stuff you're adding today uh, to, to vodka and mixes. I don't know, Perno, Vermouth, uh, you know, Fernet Branca, sugars, emulsified sugars, uh, you know, uh, Bloody Caesars, uh, our bar chefs around the world love our Aurora bottle. That's the one with the mirror mm-hmm. finish. That's a wheat vodka. That comes uh, that comes out of Yorkshire, England. Very soft sunset wheat. A little more spice to it than the uh, the corn. The corn's notes are sweet vanilla, dry and crisp. And the uh, the other one is star anise and peppercorn. And then we have our new expression, uh, which is quite exciting because the whole legend, as you've taken me through here uh, today, of where we got uh, got yeah. started uh, with my partners and myself, is the tequila. Yeah. We we now build a vodka. Uh, we build now a vodka that is uh, vodka-style distillation, but we use the blue Weber mm-hmm. agave. And we, we this is in the black head, the black piano finish the head. Onyx. It'll be, it's out soon. Yeah, the onyx. And this is, th- this is taking a vodka uh, treatment of, of distillation and filtration the way we do it, and then uh, making it a uh, from the from the blue Weber agave mash, and uh, it's a big hit because of its sort of floral, earthy, long, long finish uh, when you're tasting it. And uh, it's like, no, oh boy, I don't know. It's not like nothing I've ever had. It's almost like a white whiskey uh, with tequila. Yeah, you tried it. So yeah, yeah, I mean, wow. Describe that, say, like you were giving someone the elevator pitch. It's like like tequila made in the vodka way. But how would you describe (laughs) it? It's it's a tough one. I would say... It's a, it's a, it's almost like a, I would say a, 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 well, you know, a white, a white, uh, good, beautiful white whiskey. If you were to close your eyes, is it brown or white? You wouldn't know. Uh, also, but you get the taste of tequila. You, you'd think is, is this tastes like a tequila, but it's not as overpowering as some tequilas can be. There's a softness mm-hmm. to it. I, I almost um, and, feel like uh, it's like an intro to tequila. Like the, the way that I've described it to people is like, yeah. maybe maybe you didn't have a good experience with tequila before. A lot of people didn't in college. Maybe you want to take a little step before that, before you dive back into the category. I would say try this. But I, I definitely think it stands on its own as a unique product. It's, it's super interesting. It crosses uh, sort of vodka tequila grounds a bit. There's the white, uh, some of the notes that have been written about, you know, a white pepper, Citrus, and I mean, when you have notes, I mean, you could go on on notes on anything and go oh, a hint of baby diaper with burnt tire. Uh, it's, you know, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, so notes are kind of you, you can get into some heavy pretensions there when you get to some of the critics, but uh, I would say earthy uh, and and uh, this guy says for green grass pepper. Um, it's just um, it's it's just uh, something that ne- people. It's never been done, and people are loving it. It's just never been done to take blue rubber agave and then uh, don't, uh, you know, adjust the temperature and the distillation so that you get a vodka-style uh, treatment on it. So that kind of leads into my question, which is, like, I've I've been curious with that specific uh, spirit. Like, do you drink it as if it's a tequila? Like, do you put it in a margarita, or do you drink it more in classic uh, vodka cocktails? Like, would you put it in a martini? I'm curious, like what, what oh, way? What's your favorite way to oh, drink yeah. it? All the way through, you can drink it as a uh, you can drink it as a as a traditional vodka. Or you can drink it as a as a tequila. Either way, both uh, it crosses it crosses you know both lines there and uh, and serves uh, in a margarita beautifully. 
Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, as a martini, uh, there, there's no taste like it if it's cold and shaken with uh, with a so lemon peel. So that is peel. your preferred uh, serve on the martini. Well, on the martini, I, uh, well, are you a shaken guy? I like the. Uh, I do like a shaken. Yeah, I do. I like uh, I like to hear a steward on the Long Island Railway with white gloves. At the bar car, in the bar car, at the bar, shaking, shaking, shaking as the tracks click, click, click by. And then coming to my seat as I've got my Wall Street Journal folded into a single column, uh, I can get uh, a drink uh, from that steward, uh, handed to me in a tumbler, uh, a, uh, a, a martini, a vodka martini, shaken uh, with ice, lime or uh, olives, uh, maybe a hint of white vermouth, throw it out. And that's the 1954 Long Island Railroad Bar Car Martini. In 1954, you're a Madison Avenue executive going in from New Rochelle into the city. You sit there with your Wall Street Journal folded into a single column at 10.30 in the morning now to get a martini. <laughs> that's the dream way to have a martini. So I, I like it. A, a rinse of fine white vermouth, you know, throw the rinse out and um, shake it, put it up in a glass, a martini glass with ice chips and a lemon peel or or olives. Um, I, I, I do like the vodka that way. Now, the other way I like the Aurora, the Onyx, or the uh, the uh, original is to put it uh, in a tumbler with ice and pour about, you know, maybe two and a half, three ounces. And then I take a, a freshly squeezed jug of clementine or fine uh, citrus, like, uh, let me see, clementines or tangerines. And I pour that orange juice in very slowly it's important to do this somehow it makes a difference i found very just like you're cracking the yolk of an egg and putting mm -hmm. it in that vodka you pour it very slow and you watch the the yellow go in and emulsify and and and, and go out through the uh through the, the vodka and then change the color changes and then just a quick stir that's that's the crystal driver that's the best screwdriver i've ever had uh but then i love uh to have uh people experiment i love going and visiting bars and we uh we sold gallons of our head there in vegas with a white cosmo uh at a few of the casinos a white um, cosmo it's basically yeah white white cranberry juice uh with uh egg white and uh yeah white cranberry juice with egg white um basically and the, and the vodka really 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 this sounds lovely. like a drink more people uh, should know about. Oh yeah, yeah. White Cosmo was the casino. White Cosmo, the casino. Uh, yeah, the uh, I forgot what we were calling it, but they had some great. Uh, they had some great, uh, great uh, uh, formulations there, and uh, so I like it that way. When with people experiment, uh, we uh, we've got a, a bar there in uh, in the Boys Town district of Chicago there that has a. a machine downstairs we just they just put the bottles in and it, it it serves out a punch on sunday they have these massive sunday brunches uh in boys town and you can go get food and drink and dance and watch old movies and karaoke it's the funnest thing and one of the clubs there has this uh this dispenser downstairs and and, and you go and there's basically a tap where you can get crystal head punch and i love that application and they're mixing kind of a, kind of a fruit punch uh you know like a hawaiian fruit punch type type of mm -hmm. treatment that sounds amazing i want to go mm -hmm. there now. 
Mm-hmm. Can I just say as well, I'm enjoying love- the way that you're describing making cocktails to us. I'm, I'm wondering whether you could ever do an audio cocktail recipe book, just describing the Long Island Railroad. We have, uh, yeah, if you get on our, uh, our World Wide Web, crystalad.com, we've got our uh, our professional bar chef, and uh, we were playing around with some recipes there. Um, uh, so, yeah, World Wide Web, web uh, crystalhead.com, there's, uh, you can go to our cocktail section. We actually have... Uh, we have uh, professionals doing it. I like to watch and drink. So, yeah, we can you can get on there and see uh, and and see what we're doing with some of the some of the recipes that we've gotten from around the world. We have a star tender program worldwide. Uh, uh, bar chefs from around the world uh, submit uh, recipes to us, and uh, and we uh, select them and uh, award them uh, uh, prizes sometimes where it's legal. So our star tender program is very popular, and. Uh, mm-hmm. That's uh, the gateway to the consumer for any beverage alcohol uh, of any note uh, is, of course, the bar chef on the front line. And they love talking about the head. It's the only one you can throw up in, in the air and or have put on your shoulder and do voices with. Uh, it's uh, it's it's a fun, you know, it's an easy, you grab it by the face. It's, a, it, it, you know, the head don't care, <laughs> grab it by the face. Uh, and uh, it's one of the, it's a safe product. The seal, of course, is very safe. And so it's just a high quality mm-hmm premium Canadian uh, entry into the industry that um, I, I'm happy to say people worldwide are loving. And I, I'd like to go around the world so and say, you know, it's Canadian. Nice, nice segue there, because I, I wanted to ask you, you've mentioned a couple of pretty good drinking cities uh, already in the pub, but I wanted to get your opinion, you know, when we're all able to travel again, what are some of the best or what's the best city in the world to go for a drink and for cocktails? Um, London, London uh, England. England. Yeah, nice no, to no, hear no that. Doubt about it. I'm a yeah, Brit. Hands down. Home um, of the Vesper. You're what? Home of the Vesper. Oh, yeah. Home of the Vesper, well, that's yeah. That's a terrible cocktail. London, well, London have, has the most, they have molecular bar chefs there. They're really into construction. Uh, and they love the head because of the no additives. And uh, one of our largest markets is the city of, of London. I would say next you want to be looking at uh, maybe um, Sydney, Australia. I hear that too. And a lot wow. of crossover between Sydney and London. So I, I used to work as a chef for many mm-hmm. years in London, and we got a ton of chefs from Sydney, and a lot of Londoners made it out mm-hmm. the other way as well. So I want to say we made Sydney yep. good is what I'm saying, what I'm getting at here. Uh, so <laughs> cool. Uh, Melbourne, there's a famous cocktail bar down in an alley there. I forget. It's down, down an alley, and you go downstairs. Melbourne, Australia, also a great uh, city for bar chefs and and recipes. Uh, Toronto, Ontario, yes, can't uh, can't leave Toronto. Some great uh, great people there are, uh, doing stuff. Um, I would say uh, you're missing you know, New York. I, I, can can I say my, you're you're speaking to a couple of people based in New York here, and you're not bringing up the best drinking city in the world? Uh well. Um, New York, uh, you know, I think needs a little more sophistication. They need to embrace uh, the Crystal Head no additive story a little more before I talk uh, about New okay. York. Okay, not getting. Yeah, well, you know, maybe sometimes bartenders do occasionally, and I don't want comments of this, well, but move away from vodka, and I don't think that's always fair. Well, here, here's my here's my argument there, and I know exactly what you're talking about. Oh, vodka, vodka. Oh, 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 everybody has vodka. Oh, no. Uh, brown spirits are where we've got to uh, we've got to be focused or, you know, the rums or the gins of the world. Now, there's some great gins. I Don't get me wrong. And there are great rums and great whiskeys and that. 
But every bar of quality, if you're going to be serving your customer, why not serve a premium vodka? Every bar needs vodka. You're, every bar chef, you need it on the back shelf. Why, why not have the head on your back shelf, which draws attention to your bar, uh, and which is a beautiful art piece, and then it's, uh, provides the consumer with a 90-plus point to consistent rating um, uh, and uh, with quality uh, for only about a buck thirty-two more a shot is Crystal Head if you price it competitively. So I say to bar chefs out there who are uh, who are doing wonderful things with whiskeys and brown spirits and rums and gins, you need a vodka. You're you're doing these wonderful things. You're purveying this these quality drinks to your consumer for the one or two or three or one hundred that want vodka. Crystal Head is your non-additive choice. Put it up there with your premium uh, stock. And it's only a buck thirty-two a shot more if you price it right and competitive. New York City bar chefs, you heard. And I, I and there's some great. We have great friends in New York. The W Hotel's been great to us uh, for, for for many years, and we have many allies and friends in New York. But I think there's more more people there need to embrace the story. I think, and uh, I, I think that uh, you know I I need to I need to to blow through there on a tour in the headmobile. W Oh, you the headmobile. Well, we had, I had Mobile. We might be cracking it up again because Onyx is, is growing at a, at a beautiful rate for us and we may get on the wave of that. But yes, it was a Freightliner tractor that, you know, is used for hauling race cars around. So it was a big uh, cat uh, tractor. It was wonderful on the highway. It just, it, it that turbo, beautiful sound. I drove it many times. It lit up at night. We had a, a red infrared choice at night, so it was like the Star Trek cruiser there. Uh, it had an apartment on the back, so it really moved. You could do about 90 in it um, because it had nothing in the back. And we painted it up like a delivery truck. We had the head all over it. We went all over when we were launching. Um, and uh, even in New York, we need to we need to revive the head and, and also go out there more and educate uh, bar chefs uh, to, you know, those that, uh, that you know, are missing it. Uh, we want to let them know that the, there is a choice out there for premium vodka that is uh, is superior to maybe perhaps some of the lesser stock that uh, that the consumer uh, is being uh, forced forced or uh, forced to consume because of uh, lack of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see that vehicle pulling up to a speakeasy. Like, oh, well, I guess we know where the speakeasy is now because. Sure. Well, or a, or a biker bar, or a dance club, or you know, anywhere there's there are people. Uh, you'll find Crystal Head. You'll pe find people having a good time. And anywhere I am with people consuming Crystal Head, uh, th there'll be treats. Shall I say? I I I, I buy rounds. You know, I I I put my my money where my where my product is. Biker bars and that's perfect. Where your head biker is. bars, casinos, uh, dance clubs, uh, outdoor parties. Now we don't. We don't go down to the spring break. We don't, we don't, you know, we're not pushing it on the, the youth. We never have. Where our consumer is 25 to 85, uh, a, a huge female demographic. Uh, a lot of our consumers, uh, both male and female, have double college degrees. They're, they're knowledgeable in that way. Many are into the IT and tech professions or design, sophisticated in that way, we found in our surveys. And um, they have the discretionary income to buy something better, an affordable luxury for themselves, which is Crystal Head. So we're not going down there, you know, uh, with the uh, the head machines and the pipes uh, with the guzzling youngsters. Uh, that uh, is something we've never chased. And uh, 
you know, if, if you happen to be down in spring break and you go to a bar and the crystal head is there, then I, I, I urge it. But I don't uh, think it'll be, you'll never see it being consumed uh, from the headmobile on a beach at these, uh, at these spring break uh, places. You know, so, we're, 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 we're selling to the people who are halfway through college or are finished or in their, in their so graduate So what do you uh, call a crystal phase. head fan? Is it a head head? Or I heard you say head machine there. I'm guessing that's not the, the name of crystal head fans. Um, I would say, uh, head head heads. heads. Yeah. yeah head heads. If you're a head head, that, that works. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. And, uh, we, you know, again, we've got people that are, uh, that are discriminating. Um, and so they just want a little something better and they're willing to pay a little more for it. And why not? Uh, we have impeccable water sources. I said, um, a lot of vodkas, uh, some of the water has been called into question, the hygiene of the factory. And uh, we have a beautiful filtration system. Uh, one of our last pours, we have seven filtrations, micron and charcoal with an agitated charcoal filtration system. So it's not just being mm -hmm. poured through a, like a charcoal sieve. Uh, well, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, at the end, I, we pour it through Herkimer diamonds. Uh, they're semi-precious stones. They're white, double-sided, semi-precious crystals. And we pour the... Uh, the final pour uh, through a cone uh, of them, and it just comes out so satiny and 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 lovely. The finished silvery satiny, lovely, and it does add mm -hmm. something. Uh, I don't know I, if you're a high school chemistry teacher, if you were to say what does pouring, uh, you know, a C two H five hundred six over double sided crystals do for the uh, the beverage, they probably say, well, I, I, I scientifically maybe not much, but we've done tests where we pour it over the crystals and we don't, and people like it poured over the crystals better. And somehow some, some psychic energy uh, is, is some of the, the last vestiges of any negative psychic energy on the planet mm -hmm. are coming out because some of those crystals turn yellow and they're, that's surprising. We have to sometimes turn them over or buy uh, new ones. Um, but by the time that fluid hits those crystals, it's already flat pure. So I don't know what else is being weaned out of there, but we, we do have the world's, purest vodka i can definitely say mm -hmm. that i don't think anybody's doing it without the without the oils today i may be wrong i don't well, know that sounds amazing actually uh, mm -hmm. i want to go on a train right now and order a martini and just see if well you happens. know dan well i would say they they have outlawed it uh the the long island railroad outlawed uh outlawed it uh oh, but uh amtrak you can still get a, a vodka on amtrak now on canadian national rail you can get crystal head i believe we had a program running so that you could get it uh, on the, the cross-country Canadian Railroad. But the poor commuting Wall Street uh, advertising man can no longer get a martini on the Long Island Railroad as of, uh, I think, three or four years ago. A tragedy. <laughs> a a tragedy. tragedy indeed. Well, you know, Dan, I would urge people to go out there and, and taste the difference for themselves, taste the effect of the crystal, um, see the proof in the pudding or the proof in the head. Just wanted to say, though, mm -hmm. you know, thank you so much for, for spending the time today to, to talk with us. You know, I feel like there's there's two or three more episodes of, of stuff we need to get into. But no, um, I appreciate appreciate your time today. And say, I just wanted to say thanks from all of us. It, it's been great chatting. Oh, sure. Well, um, I you know, we've got some great beers and wines up in Canada. I encourage you to come when the borders are open. Come up to Niagara. Um, come up. Come up to the farm. And uh, we'll, we'll sit, uh, we'll have some T-bones or, uh, or vegetarian meals. The daughters are all vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we eat and drink hearty here at the lake in the, in the summer. 
And uh, if you're passing through, you know, you can get through uh, KLG Public Relations, set mm -hmm. this up, I think. By all means, to any and all of you, if you're in the Kingston, Ontario region, um, which is a, uh, a beautiful lakeside town up here, where the Cork Regatta is held uh, year regatta. to year, it's a sailing regatta, regatta. Uh, the home of Royal Military College, which is our uh, equivalent of West Point, or uh, Sandringham uh, uh, Military School, that type of quality of military. Queen's University is here, where the brilliant, inspiring genius of our age, Elon Musk, uh, went to school here at Queen's University mm. for two years. And so this is a, a devoted town to uh, his legend. And uh, if you're up here, uh, come up to the farm, by all means. We, we, we entertain heavily and heartily in the summer. Definitely coming up. Fantastic. Or maybe you could bring the headmobile to our New York yeah. office. <laughs> We'd love to have you here. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would look good. The big black uh, piano finish head in the back. That'd be good, yeah. <laughs> Going 90 down the hutch. It's going to be <laughs> yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Well, thanks, thanks. you guys. Great so, to talk to you. So much, man. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of EOD Drinks. If you've enjoyed this program, please leave us a rating or a review wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps other people discover the show. And tell your friends. We want as many people as possible listening to this amazing program. And now for the credits. End of Day Drinks is recorded live in New York City at VinePair's headquarters. And it is produced, edited, and engineered by VinePair Station Director. Yes, he wears a lot of hats, Keith Beavers. I also want to give a special thanks to VinePair's co-founder, Josh Mallon, to the executive editor, Joanna Schiarino, to our senior editor, Kat Walensky, our senior staff writer, Tim McCurdy, and our associate editor, Katie Brown. And a special shout out to Danielle Greenberg, VinePair's art director who designed the sick logo for this program. The music for End of Day Drinks was produced, written, and recorded by Darby Seaside. I'm VinePair co-founder Adam Teeter, and we'll see you next week. Thanks a lot.